0: Hi, welcome back to the New Books Network. My name is Adam Bobek and I'm a PhD candidate in sociocultural anthropology at the University of Leipzig. I am thrilled today to welcome Professor Ilan Ben-Susan to the program to discuss Indexicalism, Realism and the Metaphysics of Paradox, published in 2021 with Edinburgh University Press. Professor Ilan Ben-Susan is Professor of Contemporary Philosophy at the University of Brasilia and they are also the author of Being Up for Grabs. Professor Ben-Susan, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. What is indexicalism?
1: Right. Okay. Indexicalism is the main is the main kind of claim that they make in the book. Actually, the title of the book as well. Indexicalism is the idea that reality is not best described in terms of substantives in terms of substantive descriptions, but rather it is best described in terms of indexical or deictic terms. So deictic terms are terms like uh, here, there, near, far, uh, same, other, etc. outside, inside, interior, exterior, uh, that, uh, that kind of thing. So basically you have uh, you have the idea that indexical terms are kind of more important in the description of things than than um, than the nouns yeah so the as i say often the dna of uh, of indexicalism is composed of four uh, components and that uh, that kind of helps to understand Uh, what it is, I think. And I'll I'll talk about these four things very, very briefly. Uh, First, uh, the first one is uh, Levinas' idea of the absolute order. So order, when you talk about order, talk about otherness, etc., we're talking about uh, an indexical. yeah? So uh, when you talk about uh, an absolute order and, and the way an absolute order is to be treated, is to be considered as, he's he's talking about another as another another as a genuine other a genuine other is something is something or someone that uh, cannot be replaced by a description in terms of substantive that say that to say for instance the other is that person that comes from this place and this place and has that race that gender etc 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 so the other is the other the other uh, remains other and that that remaining is is uh, What's, uh, what what caught my attention that remains is, that is you cannot have a complete reduction of the other to a to a substantive description so uh, and the other is an indexical so it's an indexical that is very important for me one of the things I claim in the book that has to do with indexicalism is what I call the metaphysics of the other which is the idea that the other is taught as genuinely other. And the exterior is taught as genuinely exterior. And Levinas also brought to the idea the, the preference of uh, exteriority over totality. So it's a rejection of totality, something that is very important for, for Levinas. Okay, very briefly, that's the Levinasian contribution. Second contribution that is it is very important is process philosophy especially Whiteheadian and process philosophy i've been working with process philosophy for for a long time and process philosophy is the idea that uh, you know reality is dynamic and interaction is uh, more important than um, than stability and you have a dynamicity of things and things are processful so for instance uh, uh one thing that uh, it's very kind of illustrative of uh, of how whitehead thinks about about things is that, uh, for instance, the laws of nature for him are something that are tied to a specific, you know, a epoch of, of, of the cosmos, but also tied to a, a way uh, a society of humans and non-humans have engaged with each other. So um, interaction is more important than, than uh, what the agents are. So that, uh, that's something that is very important. I think I think, uh, as I say often in the book, it's interesting to read to try to insert exteriority in the Levinasian way in process. Also, it's interesting to have to have what uh, White have. Uh, Whitehead uh, gives us, which is the idea that uh, you can talk about process as being not something human or something confined to the human sphere or to the mental or to the to the to language, etc., but it's something that is spread throughout. So, uh, so in a sense, it's both a reading of Levinas through Whitehead and a reading of Whitehead of, of through Levinas. Uh, so, this is the second component. The third component is. Um, the uh, tradition of direct reference in philosophy of language, which is pretty much the idea that uh, uh, denoting has, uh, contrary to the appearances and contrary to um, theories that have been proposed and accepted uh, for the first 70 years of the 20th century, Uh, denoting and demonstrating and reference has very little to do with description. So you can denote something without knowing anything about what you're denoting. So for instance, I don't know, to give a simple example, uh, if a child comes to you and say, Socrates, that uh, Egyptian fat geographer, you you wouldn't say, I don't know who you're talking about. You would say, no, 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 you have all your beliefs about Socrates' Wrong, but still you're talking about Socrates. You still be succeeding in talking about Socrates. So, uh, so for instance, you can you can you can have you can refer to the other even though you have all the descriptions about the other wrong. So I think this is this is this is something that interests me a lot, and there's a lot to do with indexicalism uh, or. To, to the road to indexicalism. Mean, the fourth thing that I think is, uh, from what I know, is something that interests them in particular is uh, is uh, perspectivism. The way it is read by um, Tanya Stotze and the uh, Vladimir mainly uh, since the since the nineties, um, is basically the idea that uh, for these people. For these peoples, actually, uh, human, for instance, is an indexical, and uh, they see. Uh, and it's not only human. Like uh, the name of the animals are named indexicals, and uh, and also, for instance, the famous example is that uh, is that beer, or actually, you know, corn beer, for instance, yeah, uh, is an indexical. So, for instance, for the jaguar uh blood is, is beer but that doesn't mean you, you don't have like a neutral substantive to refer to uh as as blood and beer beer is beer for the jaguar is blood so so basically basically this is this is an example of what Reverse Castro once called uh the cosmic deictic the cosmic is actually so this is another kind of uh you know uh element in indexical so I I, I I in in order to sort of think these four things together let's put it this way uh, I developed the idea that the that the word is uh, uh, this is um uh let's put it this way the, the furniture of the world right is is deictic. the for, the furniture of the world is indexical uh of course that leads to 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 something that is, is very interesting and important for me is which is this uh, how can you talk about the furniture of the world when you talk about the furniture of the world you are already talking about a totality so um, if you have if everything is indexical if everything is located situated everything is related from within to 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 to, to, to other things so how can you uh, talk about uh, uh, the furniture of the universe, or something like this, uh, without going into paradox, and uh, and uh, and this is one of the reasons I, uh, indexicalism buys the, the, the bites the bullet and says basically it is a paradoxical metaphysics, is a term by um, John uh, Coburn. Um uh, it, it is a paradoxical metaphysics in the sense that it embraces paradox. So basically, uh one way I like to put it is that indexicalism is in a sense uh preferring paradox to totality or preferring paradox to uh the dismissal of exteriority. So this is uh this is the way I would put basically it's the idea that uh there is far more. Um, you know, things are far more deictic than they are substantive. If that makes, uh, if that makes sense.
0: Could you also maybe touch on uh, the realism aspect?
1: Right. So, uh, why is it a realism? Uh, and this and is interesting because uh, because, for instance, what comes to my mind is that uh, the title itself is negotiated with uh, with. Um, with um, with Edinburgh UP because basically they in the in the beginning they didn't want the word realism in it they just wanted the metaphysics of paradox. Uh, and basically, I, I had the impression that uh, if I talk about the metaphysics of paradox in the title, I'll give the impression that uh, is, it is a book about paradoxes. And it's not. And it's not, it's not really a book about it. It doesn't, it doesn't face it like head on. Basically, it, it, it sort of goes into paradoxes for because it has to. Uh, and why does it have to? Because it wants to be realist about uh, indexicals like the other, or indexical like indexicals like exteriority or outside or the external world or um, or the great outdoors. Uh, basically, um, the idea is that. Uh, I wanted to be faithful to the reality of these things as such. They don't have to be converted into substantive to be re- to be real. Quite the opposite. Uh, so it's a uh, it, it, it's a uh, it's a strange maybe form of realism, but it's a way to. Consider as real things like the other or exteriority, etc. Yeah? So it's a uh, it's a realism about the indexical with all the problems and uh, and paradoxes that that uh, that um, that entails. So that's that's why realism is a form of realism. And in a sense, uh, just one more thing: uh, in a sense, there is a, there is also the idea that. Uh, taking exteriority seriously is one of the things that uh, is in the is in the spirit and the tonality of realism uh, any any kind of realism wants to take exteriority seriously in the sense that it's not our construction uh, our construction of my or my construction there is an influence that comes from outside from from the external world etc now uh, if you uh, consider uh, the uh, if you consider a totality at the end of the day you're enclosing everything and if you're enclosing everything your you you your objective is in the end of the day suppressing exteriority and uh, and not being realist about the exteriority not being realist about the external world so this is, uh, this is the way I read the, 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 the issue. So basically, realism is a realism about exteriority, if I want to put it this way, of you know, the external world or the great outdoors. Yeah? So in order to be that, it has to reject totality, because if it doesn't, then it will eventually. It's just like, I accept the external world just so that in the end of the day, I will, uh, at least in principle, be able to eliminate it. And, uh, and and the idea is to take take it seriously in the sense that uh, it is not going to be eliminated. It's is, it is a reality that's produced by.
0: So, what is substantivism?
1: Right. So, a substantivism is is, is a word that helps me a lot because basically, uh, I think uh, often people think about uh, the difference between. Um, substantialism and substantivism and uh I, I i personally this is one of the things that uh that i think is is not so nice because it creates confusion and uh and uh uh maybe i should have put things in a different way but substantivism it's helpful help, helpful for me because substantivism is what indexicalism runs against Right. So, basically, substantivism is the idea that the world is not indexical, let's put it this way. It's not best described in indexical terms, but it's actually best described in terms of substantives. That could be right uh, terms for objects, terms for uh, uh, properties, terms for relations, uh, terms for um, for states of affairs. Now, um, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll leave. The discussion about events a little uh, a little aside because uh, because uh, I think um, Whitehead is 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 very important for me in in his conception of events, especially in uh, concept of nature, because you know he conceives of events as being uh, thoroughly situated, and I think this is one of the points of departure of 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 indexicalism. So basically uh, the idea that you describe things in terms of substantives, and then you're you're a substantivist. Uh, Now, there are many forms of substantivism that, uh, and one of them is substantialism. Uh, You can find substantialism, for instance, in Aristotle's claim that uh, substances are prior uh, to any other form of being. Uh, so, everything is, in a, in a sense, boils down, it doesn't boil down in terms of reduction, but has to be explained in terms of uh, of substances. Uh, now, uh, you can be, you cannot be a substantialist, I have to think to use this word, because I have myself confused, get confused, you, you can be a substantialist without being a substantivist. Um, uh, no, sorry. You can be a substantialist. You can fail to be a substantialist and still be a subst- substantivist. Why is that? Because you can believe in an ontology of relations. An ontology of relations can be described forming a totality in the end of the day, or being like uh, for, uh, being in a, situ- in, a, in a in a in a way that relations are symmetric. So you can describe them from from a, a point of view of no, or from, no from, a, from from a, from 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 nowhere. So if you can describe from nowhere. You can have like a kind of a totality that uh, is not situated. So an ontology of relations is not situated. It's not indexical. It's not index. It, it doesn't take you know uh, indexical seriously, realistically. I'll put it this way. Um, so yes. So so a lot of what had taken place in the history of uh, of metaphysics. Let's put it this way uh, is substantivist uh because it assumes that the the ground elements the basic elements of the world the ultimate elements of the the ultimate components of the world are substantives are best described in terms of substantives and what i propose is that no you're going to find you're going to find that ultimate level in deictic in deictic, in in, in in indexical terms so or, or or things that are best described in indexical um, in an indexical
0: way. Can you talk a little bit about the structure of the book?
1: Right. Uh, yeah. The book is uh, the book is, uh, well, divided in three chapters. Then there is a code. There is an introduction. The introduction is uh, it's uh, an attempt of. Putting these ideas in contact with other debates, but mainly with the debates around speculative realism. Uh, Basically, the book came out in a a speculative realist collection, so it's got to do with uh, speculative realism one way or another. There is a a criticism of uh, some. some positions in in speculative realism uh, in the book. Um, There's a criticism of uh, object-oriented ontology, uh, especially in in the way uh, Harmon puts forward. Um, It's um, uh, basically, and I say that because for instance I think Garcia is one of the inspirations with this idea of the determination determination is is something very important in the in the way and I I, I think indexicalism is true um, so um, yeah it's uh, it's um, so the, the the introduction is about that yeah it's about uh, you know kind of measuring in the uh, speculative realism or introducing the idea, uh, uh, on taking into consideration some some contemporary debates. Then you've got three chapters. Uh, The first one presents the idea, mainly it's called uh, indexicalism, I think, uh, and, uh, and basically sort of introduces these four elements that I mentioned in the beginning, like uh, you know, the 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 idea of uh, the absolute order in Levinas, the idea of uh, the idea of a process philosophy, and the idea of Locus in, in, in Whitehead, uh, marine perspectivism, and this idea of a, a cosmological deixis, and the idea, the ideas around direct reference, uh, especially especially some um, some work done in the 70s by John Perry that have to do with uh, the idea that uh, language is implicitly indexical. Then you've got the second chapter which is um, called the Metaphysics of the Other. Basically, it sort of sort of concentrates on that kind of uh, indexical other and uh, variations there. Thereof, like for instance, um, like for instance, uh, exteriority or the the great outdoors. So basically, this is uh, this is like what 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 can you infer from indexicalism in terms of how to deal, how to think the other true or, or or exteriority true. So this is the metaphysics of the other. Um, and then in these two two chapters, I introduce the idea of of paradoxical metaphysics, and see how. And and try to sort of accommodate the idea of uh, of paradox um, in, in in the whole picture. The third chapter is uh, an attempt of thinking perception through. Uh, so thinking of perceptual experience, uh, I sort of engage with some debates about uh, about perception to try to defend the idea that perception uh, starts. Uh, with indexicals and is actually oriented by this by these indexicals and uh, it's called something like the hospitality of, of, uh, of, of perception. So it's the idea that uh, receptivity, which is a term um, that got uh, famous uh, because of, of, of Kant's use of, of it in opposition in, in, in to spontaneity. Uh, receptivity is uh, is an exercise of hospitality and hospitality has to do with like, whoever comes and knocks your door and uh and stuff. So I uh, I try to sort of put forward a kind of a sketch of an account of perception that is indexical. And uh, then there's a coda uh which is situated uh, The idea that, uh, well, I've been doing this, all this total kind of grand uh, account of things uh, uh, situated, but still is an account, yeah? So that's the tension of the book in a sense, which is a tension of thinking. To me, is a, a central ten- tension of thinking. Um, and uh, And then I try to... Kind of connected to the place I was when I was writing uh, most of the book, which is like um, the, uh, the the city of Potosí in um, in southern Bolivia, a place close to the to the Sumacorco, to the Sierra Rico, which is a mountain that uh, where a lot of the silver of the world came from, and uh, and so I engage a little bit with um, some Latin American understanding of situatedness um and uh yeah so it's basically kind of a if you want it's a kind of a signature yeah if you want to if you want to think in terms of uh in terms uh in terms that I will be akin to to the way uh De Hida sometimes writes uh so it's a kind of signature like uh, a signature often comes with a with a date and a place and yeah? you say like her uh, you know um fall off. You know fall of 2022 etc that's that's what koda is the koda is in a sense so yeah so we've got this um five parts but basically the the main thing is is presented in three chapters and in fact you know the main doctrine is presented in two chapters uh basically yeah that's the idea yeah
0: great As I'm sure listeners have already gathered, if they haven't, if they don't know your work already, uh, you're very creatively taking ideas from primarily Emmanuel Levinas and Alfred North Whitehead. Could you talk more about the influence that these two thinkers have had on your work?
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think they are themselves. I mean, mind you, I mean, you say like... uh, um, the urge to create um, to create notions as it's bred of create it's something that uh, i think every philosopher had experienced yeah you have to create new ways of seeing things or have to create new notions to 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 you know to 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 to, to, to make Make some points of view available, make some, uh, you know, to, to be able to see things that otherwise you wouldn't see. Uh, Whitehead, is, Whitehead himself has this great uh, um, conception of um, a lure for feelings. Um, and he says a theory or a film or a novel or even a music is a lure for feelings in the sense that uh, it, it, its main goal is to produce some um sensibility that wouldn't wouldn't be there otherwise by that he means uh make people see things they wouldn't be able they wouldn't be able to see if uh without those things so a concept i think yeah or a notion or a word is uh is that yeah it's it, it sort of produces sensibility and uh and I think, in a sense, you know, in vexicalism, let's put it this way, or metaphysics of the other, in a sense, are terms that uh, come with a lure, yeah, uh, a lure for, for that, a lure for feelings. Um, and I think, basically, uh, uh, Levinas and White had good examples of people who have like uh, ha- who have had to create terms because otherwise they wouldn't be able to express what they wanted to to do. Um, in fact, you know, I mean, um, in the in the book symposium and also in an in, in interview that Gray and Harmon um, did with me, uh, uh, I think last year. Um, he asked me about uh, Levinas and uh, what happened in uh, in a text that becomes became kind of fairly well known it is in literature uh, difference uh, uh, by derrida which is violence and metaphysics it's an old text a text of i think it was originally published in 64 65 and uh, and there there is a there is a there is a criticism of, um, of of Levinas, or at least part part of it is a is a criticism of of, uh, of Levinas. And uh, uh, basically, uh, but the but, but the, 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 the the central element of the text is to say that Levinas is uh, interestingly, I think this is a compliment, more than a criticism, in the, in the for for the Hida uh, is a, is a foreigner. Right, He's somebody who doesn't speak Greek. He's a foreigner to philosophy, uh, which is something that Levinas would take as a compliment, because basically his declared objective, uh, at least in the totality and infinity, is to actually take Rosenzweig. Rosenzweig is a person who, um, who, who gave up philosophy and explicitly gave up philosophy and gave reasons for that, and uh, Levinas basically wanted to say, "I want to say, I want to translate." The rejection of philosophy that that Rosenzweig um, put forward, but within philosophy. So basically, he was a foreigner to philosophy. He was doing philosophy with, with an accent, uh, and in a sense, I think you know you have to do philosophy with an accent, yeah. Uh, but uh, but going back to your question. Um, I think well, Levinas is somebody who uh, I've been interested for for a long time. Been reading uh, more systematically uh, in the years uh, before before indexicalism. I taught uh, um, courses on Levinas just before when I was when I was elaborating the. Um, the, the the argument of, of of indexicalism that actually came. I mean I had at the time I was teaching living and I had like a, a very complicated sort of scheme in my head and everything was looking very um, not so attractive because I had like a, a kind of a tree uh you know, ways of seeing things and they were combining together, et cetera, et cetera. And then suddenly I thought like, what if I consider everything indexical? What if I consider everything, I consider, what if I consider reality itself, not relational, but indexical or the ictic? Yeah. So then then it would make, make sense to think of the other as other, et cetera, et cetera. The whole thing came like uh, very quickly to, to, to me, like in one, in one, uh, in one, in one go. Uh, so yeah, uh, so Levinas was very influential to me for, uh, on me for a long time. And then I had like this kind of more thorough attention in the years that preceded syntaxicalism. Because basically the reason for that is that I was involved in process philosophy for a long, long time. And then suddenly I realized uh, that, uh, that basically, that uh, Levinas's uh, criticism of Rousseau, which is uh, kind of um, kind of well known, uh, is something that would spread throughout all sorts of monadologies and including monadologies who were uh, like uh, process monadologies, like Whitehead. So when I realized that, and I thought, like, well, you know, I mean, uh, you know, there is a there is there is there is a friction here that is worth spending time with, uh, and uh, this is what I did for for some years before I got into the idea of of, of indexicalism. Um, Whitehead has been very influential for, to 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 me because. Because basically, I think process and reality, and especially the work he he did after process and reality, is very inspirational in terms of like uh, creating a very different way of um, of understanding things. The criticism of bifurcation, the criticism of of you know the 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 Hume Newton Hume Newton kind of. Uh, um, Common sense that has been like uh, prevalent since since the 18th century. I think these things are very very important for me for for the way I see things. I think you know uh, especially for my um, my departure from the idea of a human exceptionality. I think Whitehead is very good at that because basically he thinks, oh, you know, I mean, because of speculation, yeah, he's ready to say, you know, I mean, it's interesting to see what humans do when they, when they, when they feel, when they, when they think, when they, when they know things and they learn things, etc. But uh, this is just an example, yeah. You have to sort of take more general conclusions from 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 that, and that's what speculation gives you. Basically he describes speculation as a metaphor of the plane yeah basically if you have a good kind of uh, taking off, then you can fly very 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 high and that's that's what is most important yeah now of course you can be corrected afterwards, but you have to be able to see much uh, so that that was that's the principle of speculation I think is and I think it's very interesting because he uses it to see like like for instance you know Descartes is his big his big idol and in a sense, but in a different sense, Levinas', is, Levinas is big idol as well is, is Descartes, but for different reasons. But basically, for Whitehead, um Descartes uh is great because he discovered the the, the cogito, he discovered the he discovered thought, but uh, he discovered the autonomy of thought. He discovered uh, that thought kind of um can be perceived uh before we perceive you know matter. Uh but uh but he just Confined this to a substance, which was the substance that had to do with with humans. And this is like a very, very low flight for him. Uh, you have to sort of fly higher. And if you fly higher, you get to process philosophy. And you see that you know that kind of the kind of structure of subjectivity is part of what the world is about. Yeah. So it's you you find everywhere. You're not gonna find only in 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 humans. So I think this is the this is in a sense what what caught my attention in um first in, in 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 Whitehead and then and then comes the idea of uh, of 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 Locustandi that has to do with his uh, discussion about measurement measurement i think is very very interesting um um uh, Karen, uh barad has this interesting um uh, way of putting it she says measurement is 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 where uh you know thought meets meets the world uh and 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 this is this is uh you know in, in measurement is, is is very interesting the way he the way whitehead goes about measurement i think is very interesting he says like it's measurement is not is not conventional measurement is not uh is not something that is um uh that is valid no 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 matter where you are uh, because it is situated. so uh, whitehead's account of uh, of of measurement, in a sense is account of events is thoroughly indexicalist. so that's that that's an inspiration. And then the way I read process and uh, and reality, which comes afterwards is is it's in a sense a departure from 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 that indexical account uh, because of the fascination of with with a monological approach, and I think you know, uh, I can I can feel this this this, this attraction, but uh, but in a sense you know he, he was very close to indexicalism. In a sense, Levinas is very close to indexicalism. I don't know if that uh, what you had in mind, but basically basically you know now that now that is done, it 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 seems to me like you know they were asking for someone to actually see this you know see see indexicalism through what they're doing. Uh, if that's if if that's a good description like seeing that there is a a common thing there even though they're very different philosophers interested in very different things there is something where they where they get together and then you can see this kind of um you know transversal line which is you know the indexical
0: in the second section of the book called the metaphysics of others you have a very exciting reading of perspectivism and other contemporary trends in anthropology could you maybe elaborate on the connections there
1: yeah well i mean it's what well, perspectivism it's from what i understand yeah uh, is uh, is an interesting has an interesting story because it was what understand it was uh, an attempt made by um Tanya um She was doing her PhD on the Jarunas and uh, basically being supervised by Eduardo Verdi Castro. And they were trying to say like this, they were trying to think like, well, you know, that's that's no good word to describe what they're doing, what what they think, how they how they're thinking. Uh basically uh you need to it's not you cannot you cannot say that things are relative, yeah. They they don't think that things are relative. Absolutely not. For instance, there is a there is a they concentrate a lot on um, on the idea that uh, most Amerindian people, or maybe some people say everyone, yeah, most Amerindian peoples are uh, ethnocentric. Yeah, they 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 consider themselves as, as being central, and uh, you know how they consider themselves as being central in a sense. You know they. They understand at the same time they extend everything that's the animist element, yeah. They extend the 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 properties, relations uh, that they have to the non-human, uh, but still they think they are central, yeah. And uh, and then they propose the, this idea of perspectivism, meaning uh, basically that uh, humanity is is like um, is an indexical, yeah. So, basically, humanity is uh, is us. Yeah? So, when, when they think of themselves, when they think of the Jurunas, they were thinking about themselves and they were very ready to admit that they say the, the jaguar, let's put it this way, yeah? or any other animal, would would see themselves as being Jirunas, Yeah. So, but then they are situated. So, so, I mean, and that's where situated metaphysics comes uh, comes from, because basically they were situated. I mean, for them, you know, from their point of view, they could only think in terms of in terms of that. It's like uh, it's like uh, um, well, it's like demonstratives, yeah. When I am in front of this computer, this computer is this computer. Uh, it's interesting because um, um, I don't know if you know there is a bit in. Uh, in difference and repetition, um, uh, where um, where Deleuze talks about uh, talks about Hegel, and um, and in fact this got very I think it got very popular because there is a bit of his class from back from the sixties or early seventies that got into YouTube and is much reproduced around, and it's very interesting. Uh, it, it is about indexicals. Basically, he says, he says, well, you know, see, he, the, the way the puts it is very interesting. He says, like, look, I mean, uh, Hegel, he was, he was trying to sort of fool uh, people, yeah, especially he was trying to fool uh, the the Brits. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, 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 I think he said, like the Brits are basic, as you know, as everybody knows, they are empiricists, right? So Hegel came and said, look, I mean, you know, when I say thinking has to do with this and that and the other, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, uh, you know, and they say, well, oh, that's fine, yeah? They said. but when you think about this, that, and the other, you're thinking there is a, a, a structure of this, that, the other, all these things. And this structure is universal. And then Deleuze is very funny because he comes in the, in the video and he says, like, uh, in, the, in the class, and he says like, oh, and then the the Brits look at him and start thinking, um, oh uh this 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 guy is cheating on us yeah what is this yeah we're talking about this and that which seemed fine but now he's he's, he's now talking about uh, you know he's are not talking about something universal behind it and uh and basically um and basically, the idea is that there is no universal behind. I think that's the idea of perspectivism. Yeah. So there is no universal behind. That's the idea of indexism Because if, if there is a universal behind playing behind, then you lose the the the, the, the realism about index. So basically, you have to take situatedness seriously. It's, it's this is this computer. It's not like a, oh yeah, but in a sense, there is a... uh there is a there is a um, uh, there is um, there is uh, uh, a dimension of my expression this, that, or this computer there's a dimension of this that uh, would apply if, if the computer were was a different computer yes, of course, but I'm talking in front of this computer, I'm talking about this computer so, so basically it, it, it's this, of course the jaguar would see The way they would say is this: I think, Uh, of course, the jaguar would see us as being their food; Uh, would see our blood as being their beer, whatever. Yeah, but uh, we're not jaguars; we don't see things this way. We see the way the, the way we see, and we know that this has to do with our perspective. But but yes, I mean, we are tied to our perspective. And uh, you cannot shift around perspectives because that's a crazy thing to do. That only shamans can do, and they can do it in a very limited way, and they can do it in uh, uh, for for very good reasons. And they can do it, uh, and they suffer a lot for doing it because they they dislocate themselves, they displace themselves. So, um, so basically, I think this is a this is a very interesting idea that. Uh, that you have, like, uh, ultimately, you have the axis. Ultimately, you don't have like a substance, substantives that that stand on their own. They are, you know, blood or beer or uh, humans or jaguars. No, no, no. These things are all relational in the sense of indexical relations. Because, for instance, I, I think you know, it's it's easy to think in terms of um, of um, Family relations, yeah. So, for instance, uh, father is the father of someone, but then you say you say you say only in relation to someone that you can define this relation. So, um, so yeah. Uh, So, what interests me is exactly that is is exactly that buying into the idea that uh, you cannot have a third person description of everything. things are best described in terms of, in terms of the, you know, the situatedness where they, where they appear. So, um, I, see, I don't know. I don't know if I answer your question because you probably wanted more anthropology. Uh, but, uh, but yes, I think, you know, uh, uh, what is interesting here to me for the whole project is that, uh, it's not that, uh, it's not that humans are indexical animals. It's just that everything is indexical, uh, and they and they and they act. Uh, Their action cannot be explained if you don't take you know indexical elements into considerations. Like for instance, proximity, which is something that is very important in the book. Yeah? Uh, proximity, which is a it's a, it's a word that is. Uh, proximity is very important for, for for um, I don't know, maybe I should say late, late, uh, living as what I mean is like living as of the 70s. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a term that doesn't appear much in totality and infinity, but it, it does appear a very important way in, um, in the otherwise in being. Uh, so proximity is is, is crucial because basically proximity is, is how the other appears to me. Yeah? So, um, and, and proximity, and this is a, to me, a very, very important uh, claim. Proximity is anarchic, yeah, anarchaic, yeah? Uh, proximity is, is something that, you know, you feel close to something or somebody, you cannot sort of give a general theory about it. Why are you why you're like that? Why are you you're close? You can be close to, to, to something that is very far away, uh Or you, you can think about matter, and uh, and I think it's not. This is not entirely unrelated to uh, something that White had uh, uh, took as very important, which is the idea of importance. Yeah, so importance is something that is crucial for the way for the way we think and the way we act and the way everything acts uh, and the way and the way things get perceived. Uh, and yet, uh, you know, it's. It's uh, in a sense in the end of the day, it has to do with 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 proximity, with some kind of deictic element. But now I'm even far away, farther away from, from
0: anthropology. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> your your previous book was was called Being Up for Grabs. Could you maybe touch a little bit on the difference between indexicalism and being up for grabs?
1: Yeah, I, I think this is a it's a very interesting question for me because uh in a sense, i I'm, i've been thinking a lot about that uh not saying uh, th- that doesn't mean that uh, i'll be I'll, I'll be able to respond it, to answer your question uh in a, in a decent way um, um but basically um to to start with 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 kind of very kind of kind of simple words uh, basically being up for grabs is a study of contingency so basically it's a contingent approach to contingency and uh, and basically in a sense what it is is uh, uh I, I see it as a as a as a as an engagement with mayor Sue's idea of uh, hyper chaos or um the principle of insufficient reasons, reason, the idea that uh, everything is uh, everything is contingent apart from uh, the necessity that everything necessity of everything to be contingent. So, basically, sort of criticize that and say not everything is contingent. Contingency is central, like I formulated in Aristotelian in, in, in Aris, in terms. Um, uh, contingency is central, but. Uh, Not everything is contingent. Uh, Then I explain how other things can come out of contingency. And then, so contingency was basically my main interest in in that project. And then I come up with figures of, 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 even though I don't use this term there, uh, figures of contingency, like, for instance, fragments that get together and are, in a sense, unrelated, uh, like like in a mosaic or doubts. Uh, doubts is very—it's—it's it's, it's one of my favorite uh, parts of the book because doubts is about the idea that what if the book, it, what, what 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 if the world is made of not of not of uh, assertions, not of determinations, but of doubts, right? So uh, when you doubt things, maybe you're closer to 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 the way the world is than than when you when you when you when you assert things, the things are this way or the other. When you say like, oh, maybe they're not the way we think they are, et cetera. Then you close it to, to how things are, et um, And then rhythms, yeah? Uh, so basically, these are the three parts of the book. And the idea is that, uh, you know, uh, things are up for grabs, but in different ways, in different... Um, um, uh, they the the, the differ in the sense that uh, some of them are... Um, just contingent, and some of them are contingent only in the sense that uh, they are built from contingency, but they're no longer contingent, uh, given the circumstances around them, which are uh, some of them contingent, but some of them not. And then you have to have like this kind of archaeology or genealogy of, of, of contingencies. Um, now, there is no situatedness. I think that's that's the answer, um, the, the, the first answer that I would give you. So in a sense... Um, I think I say this in this book in the, in indexicalism. Uh, I say that you know the difference is that Neaprograms is interested in the contingency of things, but uh, being contingent doesn't mean being situated. Yeah, uh, but b- but of course they are related. Yeah, basically in a sense, you know it, it is. Uh, for how we know for how this uh, podcast is concerned that uh, I'm speaking through this computer, this specific computer, and not any other. It's, I would say people would say, oh, this is contingent. You could be, you know, you could be speaking from a very different com- computer, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh but in a sense, contingency is not addressing the issue of of situatedness. Uh of course both of them has to do with some kind of Incompleteness, some kind of insufficiency, but uh, situatedness, I think, has to do with uh, w- with a departure from totality. That uh, the contingency doesn't necessarily uh, doesn't necessarily do. Uh, for instance, if you if you buy into the idea that there is a hyper chaos and the only necessary uh, principle of the world is the principle of insufficient reason, which is uh, uh, to say that. Uh, uh, basically that's measu's idea yeah that uh, everything is uh, the, the only necessary thing is that everything is contingent everything could be otherwise everything everything would 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 have alternatives um, so basically uh, if you say God doesn't exist like to, to use a dramatic example from measu if you say God doesn't exist basically what you're saying is that uh, uh, stating a contingent matter of uh, of, of contingent uh, state of affairs, and then basically, uh, if God doesn't exist, God could start existing at any point because this is contingent. Yeah, you cannot guarantee that things will stand the way they are because they are there is, there is no sufficient reason for things being one way or another. So basically, God could start existing at any point. Uh, and this is something that uh, concerns me also very much. Then God would exist, and then he has like very interesting description of what would what would mean for 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 God to start existing. But one of the things God cannot change is the principle of insufficient reason. Like things are, car- are going to carry on being contingent because this is necessary. So, um, so in a sense, there is a totality here. Yeah, there is uh, the principle of, of facticity as he formulates as well. Of insufficient reason. This, print, this principle sort of points into a totality, points at, uh, at something that, uh, that is not situated and sort of uh, has to do with how, you know, the whole, uh, everything is. So, uh, in a sense, there is no exteriority, you know, if you think about it, that's, that's very interesting. There's nothing away from, from that, not even God. Yeah. Uh, so God, who doesn't exist, can come to exist, but is not outside. There is no outside. So in a sense, contingency is different from exteriority. Is different from situatedness. So, but in a sense, they are they are related. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is just to begin to think about the difference. But basically, I think that's that's it. Being up for grabs is being. Is being contingent, yeah, and uh, and that doesn't mean situated. It doesn't it doesn't entail being situated. Um, the other way around uh, it's not clear as well. I don't know if uh, if situatedness implies necessarily contingency. Uh, it could seem this way, but uh, I'm I'm not sure this is this is the case. And in a sense, if the world is indexical. Uh, there is some kind of in, indexical necessity, yeah, that uh, you have to think contingency through in different ways. So, so for instance, uh, necessity would have nothing to do with, with universality, etc. cetera. So there's much to be explored here, I suppose.
0: I think that's a beautiful way of putting it is that there's much to be explored here. This book is so exciting, I, I read it once almost in one sitting and then read it again, and it's filled with my little notes in the margins and so many underlines and everything. It was, it was so fun to engage with, with thinking in this way. Uh, and I'm sure everybody who's, who's made it this far listening to the podcast can really tell how uh, thrilling these ideas are and how they really change uh, your perspective on so many different topics. There is one uh, tradition on the New Books Network that I always like to uphold, and that is to ask what you're working on now.
1: Right. Uh, Yeah, before we started that, like um, when we were um, off the records, we were, uh, I was was saying to Adam that I am uh, working on the sequel, yeah? Uh, I'm not sure this is the best way to describe it, but that's one way of describing it. So basically, uh, I'm sort of now kind of taking this idea of exteriority uh, and trying to sort of understand it, Yeah, Yeah. Uh, understand how can you take it seriously and in in, in what way exteriority affects uh, action, thinking, uh, and the way things are. So basically, I, I, I... um I'm thinking uh I'm starting thinking in terms of what they call addition or asymmetric addition, which is not uh it is not similar to the addition you have in uh, in the ar- arithmetics of, of natural numbers, but it's uh, is closer to the arithmetics of other more complex numbers. But basically uh it's this idea that uh Uh, Exteriority adds something from outside. It's not add something from a different agent as we would have in process philosophy. So basically exteriority is adding something from the outside that is reshuffling things. So uh, basically my, my, my initial idea is that uh, my initial idea was that there is a close relation and entanglement between um, I call it uh, in the book I'm calling it with uh, with a German name, which is Zusammengehörigkeit, between addition and and memory. So I'm working a lot on memory, and that's sort of makes me uh, very very close to the debates between Derrida uh, and Malabou. So. Um, so it's pretty much my my claim in this book, if you want to put it very bluntly, in a way that connects with indexicalism, is that uh, instead of uh, substances, let's put it in, not substantives, but instead of some of 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 uh, substances, of of usia, of presences, of presence, you have uh, you have what I call memory assemblages. And memory assemblages are structures. that are dual. They have a moment of retention, and a moment of retrieval. These are Locke's terms. I mean, Aristotle has similar terms. But basically, the idea is that the moment where you consign something to memory, or you trust something to your memory, the moment where you recuperate that. And then that's, you know, you know, everybody knows that, you know, you write a note, say, all right, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to remember what I mean. And then you don't. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, you read and you read something else, and you read, you know, and it is and as the is the orphanhood of 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 the text, as uh, as uh, as, um, as the Hida would 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 put it, closing uh, close to to Plato, yeah, close to the text of uh, of the of the Phaedrus. Um, uh, so basically, yeah, that's that's uh, you know, memory is. Uh, uh, so if the world is made of memory assemblages, and ase- why assemblages? Because basically you have like a text, and then you have a text coupled with your reading is a memory assemblage. But text coupled with my reading is another memory assemblages. Assemblages. Then you have this throughout everywhere, and uh, and basically, and basically you don't have like full presences or full contents. Uh, and then if you move from, from substances to memory assemblages, then you're moving away from the metaphysics of presence uh, in a sense, this is like taking the criticism of logocentrism to, uh, to a to kind of more broader level in a sense of uh, a replacement of metaphysics, because in a sense uh, what I'm claiming right now is that uh, uh, if you are uh, if you talk about memory assemblage it doesn't matter if you are in the graphic paradigm, or you are in the in the plastic paradigm, as as Barabou would put. So um, so yeah. So basically, I finished the first chapter, which is called the principle of addition, and principle is comes with a um, strike st- stroke and true. Um, and uh, and then I'm gonna go to. Um, to what I call uh, spectral realism, and spectral realism, in a sense, is something that that uh, that uh, contrasts with speculative realism. And uh, speculative, I, I I have an introduction about the spectral and the speculative, and how they relate to each other, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. So that's uh, that's what I'm working on. And then just to to make a connection, uh, basically it's. Uh, if you think in terms of memory assemblage, one of the consequences you have is that uh, the philosophy of time becomes, to put it in a very kind of general way, the philosophy of time becomes uh, a department of the philosophy of memory, uh, and basically, you know, the old the old uh, claim of Aristotle that memory is about is about the past. You know, uh, it's uh, it's something that becomes very relevant. And and mind you, the past is an indexical, right? So this is this is why why um, you know memory assemblage is a f- you know the 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 the, the focus of me- on memory assemblage in, and on addition is is something that is is indexicalist, yeah? So it's a it's a way of developing indexicalism in this way. So that's and, that. I mean, I'm working on memory and addition. That's what I'm working on.
0: And once you get that out, I would love to have you back on the show.
1: <laughs> thank you very much. Thanks a lot. That's very kind.
0: The book is Indexicalism, published in 2021 with Edinburgh University Press. Professor Ilan Ben-Susan, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you.